welcome to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martinez. This show is for everyone who wants to better navigate their health and wellness journey. You'll get tips, resources, advice, and maybe a funny story or two. So put on your capes and hold on to your hats because we're going to talk about it. everybody. I'm excited to be back for season two. I'm equally excited to introduce you all to my guest today. She's a longtime friend of mine and you're going to want to hear her story. We met as fellow competitors in track and field, but Kim is a woman of many talents. She is a health warrior whose journey is a testament to her resilience and determination. At the end of her high school years, in the midst of being an athlete and fitness instructor, her life took an unexpected turn. Suddenly diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic, this pivotal moment not only changed her life, but ignited her passion for health, nutrition, and advocacy. She earned a bachelor's degree in health science and nutrition, driven by the desire to understand and manage her condition better. Kim's dedication to wellness extended to roles in various healthcare settings, but her quest for a fresh start launched her longstanding career in the aviation industry. Always seeking a new challenge, she recently dove headfirst into the world of voiceover and narration artistry. Her journey as an insulin-dependent diabetic has been an ongoing learning experience. With the knowledge gained through her personal care routine, she continues to embark on fresh challenges, and in doing so, she strives to inspire and uplift others. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you today's health hero, Ms. Kim Springer. Hi. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I can't complain. Nobody will listen to do, so we don't complain. <laughs> no, no, no. You're absolutely right. You got to keep it moving. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast, ma'am. I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm so happy to be here. Now, I just gave the audience a little bit about you, but tell us about yourself in your own words and if you could go into what the difference is between a type one and type two diabetic, um, and then like kind of, you know, we'll go from there because I want to start as if our audience doesn't know anything about it. Wow. Okay. So type one diabetics usually uh, tr treat their condition with insulin. Um, they are diagnosed probably before the age of 18. and um, they use insulin basically to, you know, for all their eating and whatever else to cut to control their blood sugar values. A uh, type two diabetic um, is a person who's usually overweight. Um, they can manage their diabetes through exercise, as well as um, food choices and things like that. They usually have a um, an influx, I would want to say, of insulin in the body, whereas the type 1 person needs insulin in order to, I guess, process the food and whatever else they decide that they, they want to eat. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a doctor, don't get me wrong, but that's the best way that I could, you know, explain it. Um, when I was told I was a diabetic, I actually started out being a type 2 Wow. And I was, yes, and I was taking pills and 
things of that nature. And then it wasn't until later on, I was told that I was a type one and a and half. half. And, and that, that was because, because I guess I got diagnosed after the age of 18. Oh, okay. So I had probably a late onset. Wow, that's interesting. Type one and a half. Because I've always heard of juvenile diabetes, which is what I thought you're born with and that related mm -hmm. to type one. So I'm, yeah, I was confused. I, I did. And I, I heard it's a very small amount of people who fall into that. Um, I didn't find out pretty much, I think, let me see, maybe six to eight months after I graduated high school. Wow. So, so what I, was that experience like? So you went to you, what happened? Were you not feeling well? Was it a regular checkup? What, what went down? Um, I actually went to my gynecologist mm. and I was getting tests because I have a, another silent um, issue of endometriosis and fibroids. Okay. And I wanted to know why I wasn't getting, you know, pregnant or something. Like I wanted to do tests. So the first set of tests that I needed to do was to do blood tests. And um, I went, I did the blood. They told me, please do not eat, um, you know, the night before, the usual stuff right. they tell you. And next morning, happy-go-lucky me, went to go and do my blood test. And so they said, you know what, did you eat? Because we noticed that your blood tests are high, and that's a little bit abnormal. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I, I did what you asked. I didn't eat, you know. They decided to repeat the test again. And um, I it, blood levels were high again. And so at that point, they referred me to an endocrinologist. And um, I saw the nice gentleman, of course. And me, as a, a, a person, an athletic, um, a health nut, you know, right. for all I knew, I didn't even know what diabetes was. And um, he didn't take the time to explain it to mm -hmm. me, you know. And um, I went there. I had a glucose tolerance test taken. Um, it's a it's a nasty, very sweet drink that you that you drink in a timed fashion, mm -hmm. and then once you you know you you use the bath you know give them urine, uh, they will then do a I think it's a dipstick to check to see how high the blood sugar levels is because you know the the, the sugar does spill into your urine. And um, it was high. And then there it was. Hello, I'm a diabetic. And I was like, what? You know, and he asked me, he said, well, you look very slim. And I said, yes, sir, because I run track for the last five years of my life. I've been running you, track. You were, you know, Miss Frazier Price before she came on the scene. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, like, what are you What are you trying to tell me? Because you mm -hmm. ain't telling me nothing that I want to hear or I don't even understand. Right. And um, I don't know. And he said, okay, nurse came, comes in, he gives me a prescription. I think it was for, um, oh my gosh, it, the name, the name escapes me now. Um, but he gave me this pill and um, take it for a few days and exercise. I said, I don't need to exercise because I exercise every day. So he says, okay, well, just try it. I did. I came home, took the pills for two weeks or so, stopped taking it, went back to the office. And the nurse was like, well, how is the medication going? I said, yeah, I followed the instructions. You told me two weeks. I did it. 
and now I'm done. And now I'm back. Where, where we go from here now? <laughs> that was my whole attitude. <laughs> and she was like, no, you're supposed to continue taking that. And I was like, well, I don't know. And I still went there feeling lost. I didn't understand. Um, I said, you know, and I just didn't go back to him. I didn't, I couldn't be bothered. Um, I found myself at that point, I think I was working because, you know, we, I was the, all the way to gym girl because at one point I was at Lucille, then I was at Bally's, and then I worked for a private operator. Um, and at that time, I lost a lot of weight. And I was always slim, as you know, to begin with. I, yeah. I've never, I was never a big person. Yeah. I think I probably went down to 60 or 70 pounds. Jesus. And um, I felt very tired. I lethargic. I felt horrible. Mm. And um, I was transitioning through, you know, positions and um, I needed to get health insurance. So I left the gym world and I ended up working in um, a doctor's office at some point. Um, it was a multi-practice and I met, I actually met a medical assistant and she told me about this doctor and um, she said, maybe you should go see her, you know? So I spoke to her. Um, again, when you start a new job, you don't have any insurance. So she had to take me to a clinic offsite of the hospital. She completed some tests and she tells me that um, I'm a type one diabetic and a half. And I was like, well, what, what is this, you right. know? Um, and she says, well, what it is is that you're over the age of 18. You had a long onset of it showing up um your pancreas is very sluggish in giving you insulin to process the food that you're eating so why not help it by um taking insulin so at that point now i was taking a pill and i was actually injecting myself with insulin uh, my weight started to come back and i started to feel a little bit better about myself and um you know, I was fine, you know, um, but then that's when the story for me really begins because how do I manage this now? What right. do I do now? You know, you go to the doctor, they tell you all this stuff and you're like, okay, what's next? I still want to know what's next. Right. Because you're not realizing that this is a life sentence, right? At this yes. point, they're not explaining this to you in a way that you could comprehend. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Kim and I come from the fitness world. So we have always been the exercise. Exercise motivation is not our problem. <laughs> right? nope, nope, nope. And we're Caribbean, so we eat, right? Now, mm -hmm. the thing is, being Caribbean and being active and athletic, and at the time in high school and college, she and I were two tiny, skinny minis. So we never had to learn about particularly, oh, okay, watch what you eat. These are portion sizes. That food pyramid went out the window because we could always burn it off. We never thought about this stuff. Now, facing this, did you try to find out if there was anyone in your family that had diabetes? Because sometimes it's genetic. So now, um, later on, I found out my parents were borderline and they developed this later in their age. You know, um, I am the only person that is on insulin. And I couldn't understand 
Why? Was it because it was on both sides of the family and it just came together? I came together and I, I ignited as this, <laughs> I need the whole insulin in my life sort of life. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and I've always wondered, like, why me? Why, why did I have to be the person to, the only person here that is on this insulin or I don't know how did it how how did I end up in this position? You know, I I just never understood why, and I've always asked questions. And um, I think one doctor did a test for me, and she told me, she told me I am a true type one. But I didn't find that out until maybe I would say maybe eight years ago. You know, there's some blood tests that they can take. And, and um, she told me, she said, you've always been a true, you know, type one. She said, but probably because you were so active. It was it was suppressed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. No. My mother always said something was wrong because she said my complexion color would always change. Mm-hmm. I would never in the wintertime, I would get darker, <laughs> you wow. know, like and she, people thought I went away on vacation. I didn't go anywhere. It was just, that's, that's just right. one of the things. It changes, diabetes changes your complexion sometimes. Right. There are, outward signs. There are outward signs that you can actually see some people get jaundice where they get the yellow eyes and things like that. So definitely your mom probably saw these things in you and didn't realize what they were. Right. We didn't. That's we great. Didn't. So how did this change life for you professionally? Wow. Um. I spent about 10 years in healthcare and um, I, I, you know, I taught classes for a little bit, you know, with you. I then wanted, I worked with special needs um, with the group homes and that, you know, caring and fighting for them for, to get Medicaid and stuff like that. Advocacy. Um, Love it. Right. I, listen, I, you know, I've always was in love with health care. You know, it, it wasn't. But then I came to a point where, okay, let me see what medicine is all about. And I went into the, the office and I did administration there. I became a phlebotomist, an EKG tech. Um, and I still wanted to do more. So I ended up going to work now for a cardiologist where I was a medical assistant. And I felt like, you know what, I want to go back to school. And I said, you know what, I want to become a dietitian. Um, so I went to dietitian school for a little bit. I did not like working for the doctor <laughs> at all. No. And, um, you know, I ended up leaving, you know. So I was always around that type of people where it wasn't hard for me to, to go to a doctor upstairs. Um once I was working in an actual hospital, I was able exposed to technology, and it was something called an insulin pump. The first pump I had was a Medtronic pump, um, and it was it was always you know it was it was an issue, you know, with that. But it didn't matter because I was already in healthcare, and people understood. Right. Once so, I left, uh-huh. what's a Medtronic pump? Is it something that you physically use is it attached to you it's attached to me uh via a cord and you have to kind of like if i want to say staple it underneath your skin you know it's a cannula 
Um, it's made out of plastic, but you have to kind of use, say, a needle to apply it wow. underneath the skin. Okay. But again, I was a, me a medical assistant. I understood all this stuff. So I kind of went with the flow. So I started using it, and it was hard because l you're sleeping in the middle of the night. You get up to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. It falls. <laughs> Sometimes to the point it yanks out of you. Ooh. And it's just like, oh, my God. I'm not do I said, I'm not doing this process right now. I'm just trying to go to sleep. So right. ain't nobody got time. So <laughs> as I <laughs> I got I'm just gonna die. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. Right. And then I, once I left healthcare and I started working in aviation, that's where most of my issues became because it was a very fast paced, um, you know, I had, I was running up and, and down and with the air, you know, in the airport, not that, you know, everything runs on time, but you have to do things as close to time as you possibly can. That meant um, eating, managing, watching my sugars, uh, being in tune with how I'm feeling, um, and just trying to manage my numbers, you know, because blood sugars is something that, that lives with you seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year. You're consumed with thinking of my numbers cannot exceed this and it can't be too low so thank god for technology you know i have to say um i've had about three or four pumps um i then went on to getting an omnipod and the omnipod pump was a tubeless insulin pump awesome <laughs> so yes i thank god every day for my omnipod um and i've tried other you know um you know, tube, tube related insulin pumps, but I went back to Omnipod because it was just so good with your, your lifestyle. You know, I was still trying to exercise or still running around. Like I said, even to go to the bathroom, I'm going to think about a, I don't got to think about anything falling off of me. I can just get up and go, right. you know? Um, and then here we go. We all, well, at least I'm a lover of um, Apple products because I got my, my iWatch. Okay. Um, and I can get the app on my watch and I can watch my blood sugars from my watch Great and from my phone. Technology. Look at that. Yes. At so that. that's how I lived or how I, you know, dealt with it, you know, um, in a fast paced environment in an airport running around, you know, trying to just be part of the operation. Right. Because. Yeah. You know, it would alarm when my blood sugar was too low. It would alarm when I was too high. And then I know what I got to do, either f conduct myself, do what I got to do, and keep working. Right. Now, you know, honestly, I come from a place where I didn't know too much about diabetes, even though I have diabetics in my family. So my father was diabetic. Um, and I always thought the worst thing was the finger pricks, because you always see those commercials about pricking your finger and testing your blood. But this is a whole new world. Um, yes. When you were in those situations in a fast paced work environment and you had to stop to take care of yourself, were there any negative aspects, anything that were there people that didn't understand or were not, um, what's the word, empathetic to your situation? 
did it affect your job or was it like it's all cool? There were a lot of times I had to spend a lot of time explaining. There were a lot of times I had to just walk away and do me and whatever. Or what I would do is call somebody and let someone know, hey, I need to do this. Can you cover me for about five minutes? I would go do what I got to do and come back. Or, um, you know, I, I, I just... You know, it it became a problem for me when it was time for me to eat. Okay. Because sometimes I would come into work and within the hour, you want to give me a lunch break. And that doesn't work. for It never worked for me because right. I got to eat pretty much every four hours or so. So I need to have a break in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest thing that I had to deal with mm-hmm. um, to the point where I had to provide letters and all this to HR. And, you know, hey, this is what it is. I need to have like a little bag to carry my supplies with me because they didn't want you to have bags at some point. Right. Um, trying to find uniforms that would give me a little extra space, mm, okay. you know, because a lot of those things were implanted in my abdomen. Okay. Um, I wear two devices, mm. one on each side. Um, so, you know, it's just a lot, you know, I, I just, I, I got through it, you know, I was there for 12 years. Um, and I, I may do, you know what I mean? I, I think you just got to say, you know what, I'm going to make this work. And sometimes you need help. And you, I don't have, we don't have, I don't have a choice. Any diabetic doesn't have a choice. It's, you have to adjust, um, research, and figure out what works for you. So if you were to talk to people who are embarking on this journey, what would what advice would you give them? Because like, where did you find help for yourself? I think first to begin, I am a very self motivated person. You are. I- <laughs> this woman does everything. Kim <laughs> does not still. Okay? Yeah, I mean, found help. The help that I came from is from doctors, mm. um, diabetes nurses. Um, my own research, pushing myself, not feeling well, wanting to find a way to just be able to live as normal as everybody else. Um, technology is a very big part of my life. Um, I need a personal assistant sometimes just to make sure I have enough medication. <laughs> I mean, just to, because sometimes if you, you're running all day, you're like, oh my God, I only have this much left. And then you got to try to, you know, to get it, you know, and then that whole fighting with the healthcare system and health insurance, that's a whole nother can of worms. Wow. Um, just to make sure you have just your basic needs. Wow. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Cool. It, when you speak about not seeking help for yourself and suffering in silence is something that a lot of people do when they have what's known as invisible diseases. So something like that, I know that you are a strong, incredible individual, but was there an instance where you had to ask for help from anybody? I mean, you know, there's got to be someone that you can turn to, you know what I mean? Because a lot yes. of people, a lot of people suffer in silence and would rather not have to go through the explanation process or not have to seek out medications and all of that. So, so I have definitely suffered in silence. Mm. 
definitely. That's no good. Um, it's not good, but it's trying to explain something to someone. For instance, um, I mean, I've had, you know, a boyfriend and, you know, trying to date some person. It's like, okay, I got to explain this. You know what I mean? Right. Gotta go through <laughs> and, you're, and you're going to know because you're going to want to know if you ask me out on a date, why do I have two cell phones? And that's when the story begins. Right. <laughs> okay. I don't have two cell phones. I have one cell phone, but the other one is my insulin pump. And that allows me to give myself insulin so I can eat. Mm. Oh, really? How does that work? You know, and you go from there. Um, they're usually, they listen, but they're confused. And then they're not sure what to ask or, you know, I self-disclose to everyone and a lot of people won't do it but I do it because you just don't know you don't know if you might have a medical emergency for whatever apparent reason everyone at my job or all my jobs they know okay um you can know that by looking at my arm from my my watch um and that's another thing if you're diabetic and your blood sugar is too high or too low my phone makes a very loud noise. So when you're in an office and that happens, what is that? What is that? And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And then you're back in suffering and silence again because you don't want to take the time to explain or disclose. Right. But the situation. And and this is this is kind of where the advocacy and the information comes in because we have to give ourselves the grace to be able to take care of what we need to take care of. Like we've come a long way when it comes to mothers and breastfeeding. Like there are maternity rooms, like you can go and pump Mm -hmm. at the office and things like that. But for those of us who have issues that we need to take care of and, and are brought to our attention in an inconvenient time and place, we have to stop apologizing. Like it's difficult and I get it, mm-hmm. but you have to stop apologizing because, Hey, I want to live, you know, like for me, I'm, I'm me. Th- this is so menial and trivial. I'm allergic to seafood, but everywhere I go, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm allergic to seafood. And people are like, Oh, you're missing out. No, I like breathing. So yeah, that's, that's my good. point. Yeah. You, know, you eat differently. Right. How I eat. Exactly. You live differently. And how I live, right? I like an orange t-shirt. You might like your gray t-shirt more. People are allowed to to do them. Right, right. You know, and I mean, I say that because sometimes I don't really feel like sitting down or you're, t- I don't feel like sitting down doing the whole explanation. I I tell everybody that I am diabetic, but yet they forget. But still, you got those one or two. What is that? That's so annoying. What is that? But you know what? I think it also is because you look normal, <laughs> right? You're, you're a healthy, beautiful woman and you don't walk or move like there is something going on wow. on the side. And, and they that look is- at me and they're like, Kim, you look like 20, 30 years old. I said, no, boo, I'm not no 30 years old. I'm so Amen. sorry. Amen. And tell them why you drink. I said, <laughs> I said, I'm a lot more than that, but right. I just, you know, but, but um, you have to, you have to kind of 
understand where they're coming from because they don't know. And and none of us know when we look at each other what's going on in this person's life. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you you look like the picture of healthiness. So it's hard for them to understand that you have this issue that is going to interrupt and they just gonna have to deal with it. So stop apologizing. Mm-hmm. I'm not apologizing, but sometimes you can talk about it so much and try to give so much information and explain it. And then, you know, it, you're right back where you started from. And I just don't, sometimes I just, I just want to, I just want to work. I just want to go do what I got to do and bounce. I don't got time for right. that. So <laughs> I know that you have always had a health and fitness regimen how did your fitness life change like for yourself? What were your workouts like and how have they become different in this um, life after diabetes diagnosis? I still, up to this day, I still got three memberships. Damn. But <laughs> honestly, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was bad. Like, <laughs> three memberships. But listen, I find it hard to go. Like now, it's hard for me to go. Mm. Um. I'm working. Yeah. I am pursuing, you know, my a dream of myself, you know, that I want to do for myself and that's to be an audiobook producer, you know, um a voiceover artist. Yeah. And I've been putting yes, girl. <laughs> no girl. I have been working towards that and I'm doing that for me to 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 it makes me happy, you know, Amen. to want to pretty much perform and to to do that and I work, yes. Um, but it's everything else, you know, you want to hang out with your friends, you know, you, you want to do something. And I think I'm now I'm trying to just be a lot more happier. All right. You know, hmm. um, and I don't want diabetes to consume me. You shouldn't. You know what I mean? And that's good. That's good. You don't, you should have life outside of whatever the diagnosis is. And, and again, from the outside, you look like you got it going on, ma'am. So, <laughs> thank you. I mean, thank you know, you, it, thank you, thank you. now here's the thing too. We're we're getting to be a certain age. Kim looks like she's 25. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're approaching another number very soon. Um, so how has aging affected your lifestyle with this all going on in general? I mean, like I know I've talked about um, a lot. I'm going through that trimester, so Woo. well. I mean, I might as well just disclose. I am fifty years old. I and already had. Hold on. I already I'm have. Here, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. I served it up in Vegas with my friends. I had a whole good time. I love it. But anywho, I. What was the question again? The question was, how has aging, uh, changing your body, changing and going through different decades? How I think been? I think now I'm more concerned about getting older because I've been doing a good job with my A1C. I stay between a six and a seven, although I can do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder about getting older, you know, how that experience is going to be, because, you know, am I going to is there going to come a point where I cannot put on my attachments by myself? Yeah. Um. You know, those sort of things. Um, I was hospitalized um, 2022 for a condition called diabetic uh, acidosis, DKA, they call it. And um, that was my first time actually having 
that type of emergency. But it wasn't because of me. It was because the pump at that time that I was work wearing, it the and I was giving myself insulin. It seemed like it malfunctioned or something was wrong with the the dressing. And I'm working, and um, I thought it was fine. You know, I got on the train, I got ill, and I was so sick. And when I came home. I, you know, I, I'm a notary too, <laughs> sorry, but I, I had, I had some things, you know, documents that I needed to, to deliver, you know, because I needed to do that, but I got home, I couldn't do it. And so I had to rely on my father, thank God, to help me get those documents. He took that from me. I continued to be ill the entire time I drove home, mind you. So I was literally and driving home and I got on the couch and I was knocked out. When I woke up, I still didn't feel right. I looked at the blood sugar, I took some insulin, I was really high, I fell back to sleep. And then I woke up and I was in tears. I was crying, like I was going through some sort of, I don't know, men I wanna say it's not a mental breakdown. I don't, I don't know if it was, I don't know, I just, I started in tears and I was just like, oh my God, take me to the hospital, take me to the hospital because I didn't know what was going on. And um, I couldn't control it anymore. And then when they put me in ICU and um, I had an issue, I guess, because there's so much acid. I guess I had so much acid in my stomach and, and all that. It, I was just, <laughs> I was there for like a week and a half. Wow. And all I was concerned about was, okay, I need to get out because it's my birthday and I'm not trying to stay here for my birthday. <laughs> I need to go. Right. I need to geo. I have but, to attend. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't, you know, but I sat there and, and then the next thing too is, you know, um, I don't think a lot of these nurses that, that are inside of a hospital really know how an insulin pump wearer lives with their pump. And I don't think how they, they give the insulin to you you know when you need it mm. you know because so it, after a while I wanted to leave because I'm like okay I, I know what the problem was I knew how to fix it but you giving me insulin and I didn't eat yet or I have to eat first and then I get insulin because you got to wait till I get to a certain number whereas my pump takes in consideration what I'm eating and um, I tell tell it that and it knows just the amount around of insulin to give me to process that food and I was getting I felt sicker by the day just being there Ooh. so I just wanted to go home at some point and that's why I wanted to go I don't blame you it's difficult being in the hospital with people that you think are supposed to be technically in, uh, efficient at, at their jobs and and you know I think they understand the diet they don't understand the nuances they understand the mechanics but not the nuances of what you're mm -hmm. living so and then you have some people who are not empathetic and mm -hmm. are are cold and you know like i i have nurses and stuff in my family and and it's it's quite interesting to see the difference between a nurse who is caring who understands a nurse who is all about her business but isn't abrasive you know, right, right. That, that are about their business and they may not have the best side, bed, best bedside manner, but they mm -hmm. treat you with a level of dignity and respect. Yes. There are um, some though that don't do that. And again, again, I know both sides of the coin right. because I've worked in hospitals 
And I, you know, I've been a patient. But I just went around. I mean, I am a bad girl in some ways. I would just let my parents bring me my own insulin. And without them knowing, I just treat myself, you know, and I'll inject without them knowing because I'm not going to stay there with high blood sugars until you're ready to come and give me insulin. Right, right, right. So how did you get out? (laughs) Sounds like a jailbreak. Oh, girl. (laughs) But I mean, you. Oh, this. I got to tell you this story. Uh oh. So when you're in the, you know, when you're in the hospital, you're like, you know what? Let me take take this time to just be in bed and (laughs) because. And that's what I did. I didn't do anything. I didn't want to move. So physical therapy wants me to get out of the bed and start walking around. I I need to be in some sort of rehab. You know how that went. (laughs) I'm sure they wanted to throw you out when you were done. They're like, get out of here. Well, we need to see um, how you can walk. I was like, walk? Girl, I could run if you want me to. (laughs) So I got up. She was annoying me. She said, let's walk around the floor. So I took it time to do speed walking. I started speed walking on the floor. Was she able to keep up with you or she just let you go? No, she couldn't believe. She couldn't believe. She was like, oh, my God, you walk very well. And, and I said, yes, ma'am. I said, let me tell you, this body can do anything it like to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then she didn't, then she, then she took me on the stairs. She wanted me to walk the stairs. So I just did high knees. Right, right. What is yeah. high, school, high school track. Okay, high school track <laughs> practice, ladies and gentlemen. You have to do high knees and stairs and then push-ups in between landings. Sadistic <laughs> shit. But <laughs> so then I said to her that I said, "Are you are you pleased with my performance?" My <laughs> can still do these things. My knees gave up. <laughs> I said, "I'm going back to bed now. That's I'm enjoying the bed." Right, right, because you earned it. Right, she <laughs> took notes so she could do the same workout. So, speaking about laying in the bed and taking some time off. What are some of your favorite self-care habits? Oh, my gosh. Um, I love to take a trip. Um, I always have a trip in the back of my mind that I want to do, that I'm always kind of silently planning without, you know. Um, so if I can take a flight out, I like to do that. I like massages. Um Sometimes I don't want to do anything. I just want to be in my bed and, wa- and watch and be immersed in a really good movie so I can, like, just get the stress off of me, you know, of daily living. Um, my friends, family, of course, I like to hang out with them. I love to go shopping. I go shopping with my mother every single Saturday. Oh. Um, mm-hmm, every single Saturday. And um, I'm thinking, what you know, just whatever Kim wants to do. I want to say, you know, at that moment, you know, whatever I want to do. That's good. You know, um, take the time. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to walk or I run, I do that too. You know, depends. I'm, God yeah. bless you. Because we tend to forget about taking care of ourselves. And we also feel guilty when we just lay down on the couch and be a lazy lima bean. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> you move so much. You're an active person. And for me, it's the same thing that sometimes... If I happen to sit down and take a nap on the couch, my family leaves me alone because they're like, you, you've you earned that. Just chill out. So the fact that you love to travel, call me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. 
well when you got time. I know, right? <laughs> I gotta make some time. I actually, my my husband and I do take like we try to take at least two vacations a year. I mean, with COVID and everything going on, we haven't really traveled that much. But coming up for my birthday, yeah. we going. But um, yeah, I went to Barbados this year and I did Vegas oh. for my birthday. Those two to back to back for my birthday. Nice. Yeah, I've I've only been to Barbados on a cruise. I haven't been to Barbados, the island, to just enjoy it. So, yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so, a proud Bajan American. I love on it. On bucket list, absolutely. So mm-hmm. let me see. Let me see. I'm gonna ask you a couple of fun questions. Sure. So that we're not totally in the uh, serious zone. Um, what is your favorite snack? Hmm. God, you want me to answer that. Of course I do. Hmm. And I hope they're listening to <laughs> Tate's macadamia white chocolate chip cookies. I love Tate's, but you know, I get so angry at Tate's <laughs> because their chocolate chip cookies are the thinnest things on earth and you, you eat eight But of they're them. crispy. But you eat so many of them, they're like Pringles. You just go to the bottom Girl. of the bag and you're like, How did that happen? Like, I'm in love with those. Cookies. Oh, a lot of the races that I do, the triathlons that I do in Long Island, Tate sponsors them. So you get a Tate little mini bag. And I uh-huh. just like, I go back to the line several times. <laughs> yes, I'm about that whole life. Um, what else do I like? I don't know. I, I I have to say that's probably my number one thing. I buy a lot of yogurt. I buy a lot of water. Um, yeah, that's my number one thing. Yeah, that you. If you piss me off, that's the best thing for you to buy me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to never be on your bad side. But no, I, girl. I have no problem. Look how many years we've known each other. You've never. You've never been on my bad side. You've always been a beautiful person, a very down-to-earth person, and you can say anything to Joanne, and Joanne will laugh with you. And um, that's one thing I could say about you. You're you're you always been good people, and you always will be good people to me. I see my bribes work. Thank you. No, <laughs> bribes, right? Uh, I appreciate, girl. So, cash app is always available. Amen. <laughs> Listen, if I could be a sugar baby. Anyway, that's a whole Um, So, personal chef or personal trainer? Hmm. Hmm. Personal chef. Yeah. Yeah. I would do the same. It, that, for me, yeah. I, I could train myself, but I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, but I started. I, I, but I can, you know? I don't. I have a gym membership, but I also have a gym in my basement. Right. So I would prefer mm-hmm. to work out in my house because sometimes I just don't want to deal with people. But I started just doing like beach body stuff because I don't want to think. I got a whole notebook of workouts that I wrote down for myself, but I just rather let somebody else do the hard work. So I would definitely mm-hmm. prefer to do that. I still have I still have my stepper. Oh girl. Still got that. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, oh my god. Classes at Valley's. <laughs> Yeah, it went from Bally Total Fitness. It went from Jack Lane to Bally Total Fitness, twenty four hour fitness, and we have worked there forever. <laughs> when I tell you, we came with the building. It's just crazy. But yeah, we yep. class. Was you at Lucille Roberts too, though? Well, right? I, was, I wasn't at Lucille. I was at Living Well Ladies. Yeah, oh. the one on Avenue, right across the street from Bally's. 
So okay. I'll go back and forth between yeah. the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I felt like it was that Lucille. Oh, I never. And that's funny because a lot of people never knew that I wasn't at Lucille. People used to try and call me for subclasses and I didn't work there. And I'm like, sorry. I mean, you know, it's, but again, when you're in the fitness world, you go everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll take the personal chef, especially if he's nice eye candy. Um, don't tell yes. me. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> As it turns out, that's, <laughs> that's how it is. Um, I, I think that you have been a blessing in my life and I appreciate you Aww. all these years. And I'm so glad you were able to join me on my podcast. Oh my God. Well, thank you for having me. I, I, you know, I, when I saw that you actually had a podcast and, you know, I saw that you were doing the things and I actually re- reached out to you to just congratulate you. And, you know, and it's just that it's that we have so much going on in our lives or we don't have time to, to embrace and see each other. It's like, you really got to sit down and, you know, and, and, and make time for your friends and your, you know, your people that you grew up with because, you know, everyone is so spread out now. Everyone has kids and, right. you know. But the but so. the beautiful thing about it is that no matter how much time passes, we could pick up the phone and talk to each other like it was. Exactly. Like nothing, like you nothing know, no time has passed. Yeah, it's fantastic. So give everybody your socials and tell them where to find you for your beautiful voice to do voiceover work and narration, please. Okay. I am on IG and on Facebook as Kimba Renee, K-Y-M-B-A. R E N E. That's for uh, Facebook and Instagram. And I am working on <laughs> a website. So once that is on there, you I'll post it on my socials. Um, and I guess I don't know if I, I guess you'll post my email address I if will, anyone I wants can post whatever you yeah. want to post. But I will I guess... definitely have it out there for you guys. If you guys need a voiceover artist, Kim is the way to go. Yes, I want to share my world. I have finished my physical athletic voice, and now I'm changing to a vocal athlete. There you go. I love it. Thank you so much, Kim. This was amazing. You are a rock star. Thank you. You are so amazing. Thank you. Well, my friends, the time has come. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. Don't forget to tell all your super friends that they can find me on their favorite podcast platform, on Instagram as BYO Health Hero, or you can email me at info at beyourownhealthhero.com. Please like, subscribe, and share. I'm your host, Joe Martinez, and until next time, I'm out.